Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Dandia. In this week's episode, I sit down with a mindfulness teacher, therapist, and author, Frances Trussell. Frances shares her own experience and what brought her on the journey of mindfulness and choosing happiness. Frances and I talk about the importance of our mindset and how we can manifest happiness into our lives. We also discuss the value of meditation and working through our busy brains. I hope you can get a lot out of this episode and if at the end you can leave a five-star review, I would truly appreciate it. All right, Francis, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I'm really grateful for you to take the time today and have this conversation with me. Um, Super excited to hear the work you're doing and and kind of focus on some of the things that I'm trying to help uh, men with or the, the, uh, the message I'm trying to put out there. So I'm, you know, just excited to have this conversation today. But before we get started, I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself some of the work you're doing, and uh, I, and I believe you also have your own podcast. Is that correct? Yeah, I do. So actually, my podcast is just full of meditations. So a long time ago, I've been uh, working in the mindfulness and meditation field for a long time. So I started off teaching in kind of dusty church halls and would burn off CDs of meditations <laughs> and hand them out, you know, back in, back in the old days. Yeah. And, uh, and I had a, a, a client come along once and say, you know, what's going to be big in the future podcasts. Why don't I create this podcast? And then your clients can just use that to access yeah. meditations. So, uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been, been knocking about for quite some time and it is simply meditation audios and everybody is free to access those so uh it's the mindfully happy podcast yay yeah and and then tell you uh tell us a little bit about yourself and and what's the work you're doing um and what is mindfully happy all about (laughs) well mindfully happy is all about living a life that is that is happier and more joyful but not from this place we we kind of had a bit of a pre-talk about toxic positivity and I will spin back to that but not about a place of uh, being happy and acting your way through it because certainly uh, that is that's not what life is all about it's about this full full joyful experience of what it is to be alive through experiencing all emotion and so my own backstory uh, is that I was, wasn't living that way. I was doing a lot of acting. Um, I'm formerly a broadcast journalist. I was in, uh, in the media. I did quite well. But actually, I was portraying this one surface image of existence, uh, a lot of perhaps toxic positivity, <laughs> when inside, when actually it was utter bullshit, really. Mm. Underneath, I was really struggling. And, um, and I acted my way through life for a really long time until I couldn't do it anymore. And, and from, from a real burnout and breakdown really came the breakthrough for me because having tried over the years, I'd suffered with anxiety and depression since childhood. And I tried so many different types of therapy. And, uh, but when I finally found mindfulness, it absolutely 
transformed everything for me. It meant that I began to live in a completely new way and see things in a new light to fall back in love with what it was to be alive again. And and back then, um, over a decade ago, certainly here in the UK, mindfulness, it wasn't widely known. And, um, and so I just felt utterly compelled to completely change my direction in life and share what I had found with as many people as possible. And, and, um, and that's how Mindfully Happy was formed. I, I trained to be a teacher. I did lots of um, training in various different directions because I love the neuroscience behind it. I love all of the ancient history behind it and the Zen lineage. And, um, and it all just fascinated me. And so teaching it became my absolute passion and i was very very fortunate to meet lots of wonderful people who a lot of them at the time were really struggling themselves and to be able to to share the joy of 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 what it is to live in this different way where we relate to our thoughts and feelings and our experience of life differently and from there that grew uh, and my practice grew and I do a lot of speaking I do a lot of coaching still one-to-one as well as lots of group stuff and retreats and book writing and all this kind of thing and it's such a joy it's such a joy And, and, and the essential thing within that for me is to know that from the very darkest of places and I was absolutely suicidally depressed you know, the, the most beautiful of things can, can come. We say in Zen, no mud, no lotus. And, and certainly sometimes we've really got to get through the shit and really dig into it uh, to, to actually find that spark that inspires us to grow and live in a new, wonderful way. No, that's amazing and beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and, and you did mention you've got a book out there as well. And what is that all about? Is it the same message that you're talking about right now is that's essentially in the book or there's more to it so it's a very simple book actually it's called you are not your thoughts you are not your thoughts the secret magic of mindfulness and and for me that was the penny drop the you are not your thoughts really not just kind of understanding it on a conceptual level but really knowing it really so it shifted something within me that knowing that I wasn't my thoughts and it kind of broke this spell for me personally of being under a hypnosis almost Mm -hmm. from the the weight of negativity that existed inside of my head it had been casting this veil over all of my experience of life and being able to lift that veil to see things clearly Mm -hmm. um, was really revolutionary personally for me and I've seen it be so revolutionary for people since and so that's the very essence of the book actually it's it's very very stripped back it's very very simple how can we know this very concept for for ourselves and and i actually wrote it a very long time ago i wrote Mm -hmm. it when i first discovered um that that great understanding and in a way uh it was it kind of just flowed through me and it was written not really for anybody else but Mm -hmm. for myself as as a map 
to find my way back to that very route should I get lost again because you know there is this great fear when you've been to those deep dark places and you know and it's still there in the back of most of us what if I go back there what if things slip what if um you know that veil drops down again and so for me personally it was just a way of expressing and because I was a journalist writing was the way that that felt right for me and i actually wrote the book and i did i sent it off to a couple of agents and didn't hear anything as you do and and then i kind of forgot all about it and in a way there was this huge level of imposter syndrome with who the hell am i to write this book on mindfulness and i kind of parked it forgot all about it and then many years subsequent I met somebody on a retreat who happened to have read some of my blog pieces and said, I love your writing style. Do you have anything else? And I said, oh, I, I did write a book a while ago. Um, and so she said, please, please, please send it to me. And I did. And she worked in publishing. And lo and behold, a few days later, I had a publishing contract. So it was it was a beautiful serendipity of coming together. Um, obviously, by that time, I kind of looked back through and there were lots of things that I changed and altered because I had worked with so many people since and seen the elements that really helped those individuals the most. And I wanted to make sure that the, the book contained that also. But it was a, a beautiful series of serendipities that kind of made it come out into the world. No, that's that's an amazing story. And I guess part of it is like when you have that positive mindset you almost manifest all these things for yourself right and and that's where I want to kind of tap into a little bit around our thoughts because I feel like the the negative thoughts almost become your truth because you 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 start believing in them and um and, and like for me I understand where a lot of these negative thoughts come come from because you know I've put in the work as well but why like why do people get stuck in that? Like, what have you been able to find in and how have you been able to help people shift their their mindset where, you know, yeah, it's okay to have these negative thoughts. They, they are there for a reason, but it's being able to label them and understand the source so you can actually deal with the source. That's kind of how I've been able to, to navigate through that. But what are some of the things you do with the people you come across or, or work with? Well, firstly, it's important to recognize those thoughts are very compelling, aren't they? You know, the storylines we weave are so compelling um, and we get used to listening to them on repeat. And it is it, it is so incredible how much impact those words are having. And because so much of it we're oblivious to because we're just moving around our day to day life, we're on the autopilot, and that same story is playing out, playing out, playing out, it begins to become our truth. It's only when we step out of autopilot that we can see those thoughts for what they are. And unfortunately, the majority of people, the majority of the time are just trapped in autopilot. They're just living almost like sleepwalking through life. And it's a lot of the time, it's not until we have 
something that really squeezes us. So for many people, a, a real serious incident in life or a deep depression, that actually it's not until that squeeze comes that there becomes a questioning. And I've lost count of the hundreds of times I've heard people say, I just feel like I can't live like this anymore. And quite often that really is the spark that makes us go, okay, ooh, who is this person that can't live like this anymore? And, and actually, how can I break free from this? And so when we, when we have that, when we've been squeezed enough to look at it, um, some, something happens because we, it's like we shift in our perspective slightly and we can see these things differently. Um, so, so quite often that is the catalyst. However, you know, how do we, how do we go about that? Well, for me personally, it was through meditation and I'm sure even saying those words there will be some people listening who do a little eye roll like oh god another person telling me to meditate well I can't meditate my mind's too busy and uh, but actually you know we're not meditating to become incredible meditators my mind after many years of meditating is still often incredibly busy what we're doing is we're meditating to actually change our relationship to our thoughts Mm -hmm. so that we can live more fully and more present and more engaged. Mm -hmm. So how do we change our relationship to our thoughts? The first point is that recognition that actually we're separate to our thoughts. And it's not until we do this thing of sitting back from our thoughts and looking at them for what they are, that we get to witness that for ourselves. And so for me personally, that was a huge aha in a meditation so sitting in a meditation and like being oh my doing the normal thing that most of us do when we we're new to meditation of kind of like there's so many things like oh god it's so busy in there and, rah, rah, rah. and then actually being able to just have a split second of well where am i and where are the thoughts okay i'm here and the thoughts are there oh okay so that's me watching my thoughts and it's from this process that we begin to be able to step back more and more from our thoughts. And so in terms of training people, um, I like to talk about this idea of a train of thought. And normally, you know, we are jumping from one train to the next, from one train to the next, and the trains are always taking us away from the present, into the past, into the future, into judgment, away from here. And so our job during meditation is to sit at the station of our thoughts, to allow the trains to come, to recognize them for what they are, but to say, ah, and in this moment of ah, we can actually refrain from getting on board. And when we do it, when we witness it for the first time, it can be so incredibly transformative because, wow, look at me, I saw that thought but I didn't get on board. I allowed it to come, I allowed it to go away again. 
how revolutionary can this be for my life if that if i recognize that i'm separate to thought and that i don't have to go on every journey because we know don't we those repetitious journeys particularly as you mentioned those negative loop de loops that we do with mm. those same old stories coming up time and time again to be able to see that coming along down the tracks to kind of know almost like oh that's the destination i've been on this train a few times but to be able to not get on board boom this is the key to self-mastery this is the key to changing the relationship to thought because thought is just thought it's only thought it's just a fluctuation of the mind mm -hmm. what gives a thought its power its prominence is us and the way that we're relating to it, the way that we're clinging to it, the way that we're pushing away from it, the way that we're struggling with it. Mm -hmm. How would it be to not have to struggle with those thoughts anymore? Because after all, who is it that's doing the struggling? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's such a great, I love that analogy of the train. I've actually never heard it before, <laughs> surprisingly. So it's I, I love it. And, and I think one of the things I try to tell the people, like especially like men within my circle is, you know, it's, it's okay. Like you, like, I think people have created this image of meditation that you just get into the Zen state immediately, but it, it's, it's never the case, right? Like you said, you've been doing it for so many years and you still have a busy mind. And, and I think that's okay. Like it's being, like you said, it's being able to accept the thoughts that come to you but then move on from them, right? Like understand that those thoughts are going to come, but focus on your breathing and, and let those thoughts pass through you. And that's kind of what I try to tell people. Um, and, and I think when you get to that point where you can just focus on your breathing and let the thoughts come, like you said, you're able to not jump on board, but you know why they're there, uh, what the purpose they're serving. Um, and, and you can, I think, ideally work past all those thoughts and get to a state where you you don't fall into that trap yes because actually it's it's about recognizing that they're all just thoughts mm -hmm. you know apparently whatever it is sixty thousand thoughts a day the majority of which are nonsense the majority of which are repetition so what is making a thought about a hairdressing appointment uh, you know, it would come, it would go, we're not bothered about it. And then we have a thought about, you know, oh, getting old and dying alone and being eaten by Alsatians or whatever it is. And like that, you know, that is really important thought. No, they're equally just fluctuations of the mind. And the more that we can stop getting on board the, ooh, the negative trains, um, the more that we actually create space for all the good, juicy, wonderful thoughts that are going to enrich our life. But if we're just on the repetitive loop de loop, you know, there's no there's no no space for so much more uh, incredible thought and opportunity and creativity to come in. And, and when you kind of mentioned uh, this idea of um you know a law of attraction to our thoughts and synchronicities and uh, you know actually it's like 
when we when we have this ability to step back from thought suddenly what we're allowing is is actually just more of the stuff that's already there hidden under the negativity to come to the fore what we're allowing is more opportunities to naturally come into view they were already there we just couldn't see them because we had so much focus contracted in onto negative thought and this is about this process actually of expanding and just not placing too much you know we all have weird thoughts disturbing thoughts horrendous thoughts and actually that's okay they're just thoughts and this is really really important because before before i recognized that i wasn't my thoughts I thought I was a horrendous person because I had so much judgment, so many negative thoughts in there, so many. And actually, if I thought that that was me and I was identifying with it, which I did at the time, that was just a horrendous place to be. And it made me feel like an awful person. You know what? We all have a whole range of ridiculous thoughts. Don't give them power don't give them importance and you can claim back that power by learning this process of sitting back from them just watching them come and go no and that's amazing and i think whether it's mindfulness or meditation the whole point is to sit in stillness and watching the thoughts come and and watching them leave right like you use the train analogy it's you're not getting on board it's just passing through um and i feel like we don't normally get to have that vision if we're not sitting in stillness and and being in stillness can look like anything right and that's what i try to tell people like you know again it's this image of meditating like sitting there and <laughs> like i i find like i can meditate while walking or or just being somewhere even if there's people around i don't necessarily need to be in a quiet room i can choose to meditate wherever i want um, it can be whatever you want it to be, but as long as you're sitting in stillness and you're able to process those thoughts, I think that's ultimately the goal. Absolutely. And also recognize that thoughts are just one element of our experience. You, it's our, it's our focus, our attention. Mm -hmm. That's the important thing. Actually, for the most part, we're really zoomed in on the voice inside our head and actually it's about recognizing well how, how would it be how different potentially could my life be if rather than being contracted around those thoughts i can learn to expand my awareness to take in more of my experience because actually most of the good stuff doesn't happen in our thoughts about stuff because you know that's projection and reflection mm -hmm. the good stuff of life happens in this expanded state of awareness where we are feeling life where we're being where we're experiencing directly without that filter and so in a way it's just learning to be a bit more playful with that and catching ourselves oh look at me getting all contracted around my thoughts again can i expand will we find that in a single breath in a single sip of our coffee actually boom back in the room i yeah. have expanded i you know i don't have to spend my whole life trapped in my skull rattling around mm -hmm. with all of those thoughts that's not where life lives 
life lives in the here and now and in this fabulous direct experience that we get if we can learn to expand and just not give thoughts so much importance mm -hmm. just think less think less and live more yeah and and i think one of the things i wanted to explore and you touched on it briefly was the whole toxic positivity that a lot of people are talking about now and like i i do want to get your perspective on it like because what i hear people say is like oh you know like there's that spin on it that okay you can't just have a positive outlook all the time like you need to focus on uh or accept the negative things that happen to you or or if you've had a really bad experience it's okay to say yeah that was a really bad experience and where i see the difference in, in terms of what you're talking about and what i truly believe in is yes you can you can accept the negative experience uh or the situation um but you can choose on how you let it define you and and if you choose to believe that yeah i'm a terrible person or I'm worthless and these things continue to happen to me, those are the thoughts you're going to live with and that's how you're going to manifest your future. Or you can decide that, okay, yeah, this is a really bad experience. It sucks right now, but this is not who I am or this doesn't define me. And that's where I see that it's choosing to believe what you want to uh, and the thoughts you want in your head. And, and I think that's different than toxic positivity, where you just put a positive spin on everything. Absolutely. It's, it's essential that we allow ourselves to feel. Mm -hmm. Now we're hardwired, obviously, to turn away from pain and to turn towards pleasure. And in some ways, it would kind of be nice to just be able to hang out in that zone all the time. But that's not what life is. Life is a full, rich, tapestry and we we will experience the highs and we will experience the lows and the more that we can enable ourselves to uh, navigate that you know from a place of wisdom actually to know you know we all know this too shall pass whatever it is we we will enable ourselves to have just a deeper richer experience of life by not just trying to be positive all all the time because actually it's bullshit it's not true it isn't it isn't life and life is to be lived and loved fully this you know the truth is if you open yourself up enough to love then you are going to feel pain. You are seriously going to feel pain. But but what's the alternative to just turn yourself off from love and <laughs> and not feel, you know, we'll just you know, smother ourselves in this nice bit of cotton wool and we'll not really ever open up. And, and so actually we're missing out on what it is to truly live and to truly be alive. And as uh, as you know, I work largely with men, really, it's about 75% of my work is with men. And, um, and this is something that I see time and time, again, this almost this shying away from the full depth of human experience, and having learned through whether it's, whether it's culturally, whether it's to do with society expectations, to kind of shut off 
a lot to shut off shut off shut off to 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 avoid feeling any extremes of emotion and actually what what then is happening is there's just this shutting off from life shutting off from a direct experience of of feeling everything and anything and as we do so uh you know our inner being who we really are our authentic self is kind of kicking and screaming in there because that is not the point of being alive and so often what i find with uh with depression severe depression and anxiety in in the men that i treat is actually there's this full human being that's trying to explode out of them and they've just been not listening to the call of that for so long and the thing with this want this need this drive to actually live a full human experience it wants to be expressed and if you don't listen it will knock louder and louder and louder until it's almost unbearable you have to listen but unfortunately that is why we do see so much tragedy so much suicide so many uh, men really not knowing what to do with this strength of emotion that's arising and what i would say is embrace it express it be it let it out you know mm. we're not here to just um sugarcoat over things and avoid experiencing the full range of human emotion we're here to experience it all mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no that's uh that's yeah i couldn't have said it any better and and i think part of it is like as men uh and i was in that situation too where you just bottle everything up um and you know and again, for me, it was mostly like, okay, this is what society's told me to do. And I've experienced that, like, where you're just imploding. And, and then for me, it came, and I've shared this story, but it came to a point where I was like, okay, well, is this the life I want to live? Like, I want to be, you know, one day turn 80 and look back and be like, well, well, you know, yeah, I met, I checked off all these boxes. I followed all the rules, but for what? You know what was the point of it and it's you know i can understand why a lot of men try to shut themselves off because it it is easier to shut yourself off in the moment and not experience the emotion but you miss out on so much in life and yeah sometimes it's gonna hurt it's gonna suck but it's totally worth it for for just being able to uh accept yourself and and live life fully absolutely and um and i think you know going back to like the um the stuff you talked about in terms of toxic positivity as well i think uh it's being able to like for for me what one of the things that i've started doing is is giving myself a timeline and and you know in situations where something unfortunate happens or it doesn't go the way i wanted it to go of course it's disappointing and it's okay for me to feel disappointed. I think there's this other aspect where people have created the shame and guilt around feeling disappointed. And, and one of the things I've started doing is giving myself a timeline is like, okay, you know what? I'm going to feel this. I'm going to feel this disappointment. I'm going to feel this hurt, but it, I'm going to feel it for the next day or two. I'm really going to sit in it and let myself 
like I'm going to cry about it or whatever. Right. It's, Mm -hmm. but that's not going to be my forever. I'm not going to carry this on for like a week or, or two weeks. It's my message to myself that it's okay to feel the emotions and then come out of it and start having that again, positive mindset and, and not feeling guilty. Uh, Because I think what would happen for me at least was I would sit in that space and be miserable and then feel guilty about it and then feel miserable. And it just became this perpetual cycle and I couldn't get my head out of it. But by telling myself, just accept it for what it is for two days, three days, whatever. After that, let's go. We got to start. It's like going to the gym. It's like, okay, I've had a bad weekend. I ate some (laughs) chips or (laughs) ice cream, but on Monday, I'm going to go to the gym again. So it's having that mindset. That's at least that's what's helped me. Yeah. And I think that that will really resonate with people. Everybody knows what, what it's like to kind of get into those cycles. So, I mean, a couple of things there, you know, when it's, when it's stuff that we just, we, when we want to have a waller, a wallow um I call it we I actually was having this conversation with a client earlier in the week um who quite enjoys uh having a bit of a strop (laughs) I don't know if that that word translates having a bit of a strop like having a bit of a wallow and um we were talking about having designated hippo time like as a you know a hippo wallowing in the mud like actually you know for I'm really annoyed about this but I'm almost going to have this awareness of what I'm doing and yeah I'm going to indulge in a little bit of misery here and I'm going to really like let myself go for it but maybe just for 45 minutes Mm. and if we can have that awareness of ourselves and also have almost a bit of humor you know it's okay it's okay to embrace all of these different sides of emotion of our personality that's perfectly okay but bringing bringing that awareness in and as you say kind of segmenting or ring fencing certain amounts of time and going you know what i'm not going to half ass this i'm going to really go for it i'm going to yeah. be really miserable for 45 minutes or yeah. even um, with with some clients it really helps to like you know get the pen and paper out and just like scribble down all these reasons why this person has really pissed me off or you know and and that can be a really really useful cathartic thing to do but as you say having that open-ended is really unhelpful Mm -hmm. having that ring fence can be really really useful so it's okay to do that but I'm kind of talking about in a light-hearted way for some people you know who will be listening you know that's where all well and good over minor incidents but when it is like really big life stuff or a trauma then that needs to be honored in a really different way mm-hmm. um and it's so easy for these things to define us and it's almost it, it actually isn't our fault because when trauma happens or anything that kind of flags in the brain as a serious threat, then we will, you know, the way that the brain treats that um, is to not store it effectively and process it effectively as just a memory. Actually, it gets stored as a trauma memory. And then anything, we call it a pattern match. So anything that's kind of similar to that, we can feel really triggered. And so it's really important also to recognize 
when that has happened and have a bit of self-compassion first off like actually this is i'm finding this really triggering but that's my brain trying to protect me it's trying to look out for me because ultimately our brains don't care whether we're happy they just want us to survive and if yes. it's kind of registered something as like this is a serious threat then it will keep flagging up and um, so actually when that has happened it's really important to get the right type of therapy to just be able to process that and actually now the therapy process for certain things like trauma it doesn't have to be prolonged it doesn't have to be exhausting and agonizing um we have some really because we understand the brain now so much better we have some really fantastic therapy techniques that very very quickly can help us um process trauma mm -hmm. and and actually take lots of the emotional charge out of that so they're separate things but yeah everyone should be able to 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 feel what they need to feel in the moment yeah and i think uh just going back to like it's basically moving past the shame as well right like like you said accept those situations those triggers but don't feel bad about it and i think that's where people also get stuck is they they they're just <laughs> it, it i mean it's easier to talk about it but they you know they just not only are they feeling something very uncomfortable and difficult or they're going through a very difficult situation they're also um shaming themselves about it and yeah. that's where it's you know i feel bad when i watch it. i'm like hey listen it's okay to feel that way it's okay mm -hmm. to to handle it however you're handling it because you just don't know right now how to manage this this is not your forever but don't feel bad about whatever happened or or how you're handling this like that's even worse right and and that's what i try to tell people is just accept it it's okay um this is gonna pass absolutely and with many things we we can't choose how the brain has processed an mm -hmm. event mm -hmm. so it's you know it's not us actively choosing to be difficult in a certain situation or fear going to a party or whatever yeah. it's, we haven't chosen that for ourselves it's just how the brain has processed that mm -hmm. what we can choose is whether we then look at that and do something about it or whether we just spend the rest of our lives beating ourselves you know oh, why am i so socially awkward and useless and well that's really unhelpful we can do something about it yes yes and i think it's recognizing that and i've talked about this before too is recognizing why the brain's threat response is kicking in and you know again it's just it's built a pattern uh, it's almost like a, an algorithm, right? It's like it picks up on these hints and boom, it responds. But the second you become aware of it and mindful of it, you're able to choose differently as well. Um, and that's what I try to help people with, um, or, or at least the conversations I try to have. But, you know, I think this has been really, really amazing. And, you know, I just love the, the energy you bring. Um, like, I'm super grateful for for again having this conversation and i hope listeners get a lot out of it and and they can also feel your energy <laughs> through <laughs> through the audio but um you know any last words of advice um as we come to a close here that you want to share with people especially right now as you can imagine it's it's been a really tough time and and i'm seeing a lot of people struggle and you know i hope people are 
seeking help or just having conversations like this, but what are some things you want to tell people like that are really struggling at this time? Um, yeah. Don't believe everything you think. Don't believe everything that you think. Um, really, there are so many ways that you can help yourself. But don't feel guilty for feeling really shit right now because we're in a really difficult time and that is okay. There is absolutely no shame in having the emotions that you're that you're having. But there is a way there is a way that you can help yourself. And I have lots of free resources. Um, I have, if you just search Francis Trussell or mindfully happy, um, there are various, um, a really good one for people that I'm finding at the moment who are stuck in overthink. Um, I've got a, a video on YouTube called how to stop worry and overthinking. And it's a really quick, easy, fantastic technique to just break those worry cycles, which are the things that really start to drag us down when we start getting in that repetitious state. So I would say, that's a really great place to start just know you are not your thoughts and that actually this is temporary it's all temporary in the great scheme of things you know we are a fleck of stardust in a in a in an absolute moment of time and everything will change and i really just send everybody so much love because we all just need to be more lovely to each mm -hmm. other and, and that really shifts everything yeah yeah and, and the other thing i would add is you know you're also not alone right like everyone's kind of experiencing their own uh adversity or struggles and we're not alone in this and like you said the more we can like show love to each other we can show support to each other uh and and just be a community of people that are all striving to move forward that's where i think uh we can all get through this together as well so i just want to reiterate that um for people that want to get a hold of you or find you online or social media i know you've talked about mindfully happy but what what are some of the ways people can find you yeah i mean just all of the things mindfullyhappy.com um mindfully happy on youtube on youtube uh mindfully happy on instagram so yeah you you will absolutely find me and also you are not your thoughts uh if you if you search that it's kind of sold everywhere so okay no that, thank you again so much for coming on here and having this conversation with me i really appreciate it great fabulous really good to connect well that's the end of the episode thank you again for tuning in as always please leave a five-star review and until next week.